Hello Gasheads and welcome to this episode of Gascast. I'm your host Nino and joining me for this one is going to be a little bit different because joining me for this one is my co-host. It's the man they call the Big Willie. Is it? Um, but it's me, it's Mike Willett. I Hi everybody. I wouldn't Good dispute evening. that nickname mate. If I was given that's that nickname point. I would accept it and keep quiet. That's a good point. Um, yeah, so basically what we're thinking with this is that we're going to record a normal episode back at the Sporty next week. Um, it is deadline day next week, so we'll be back at the Sporty then. Um, but in this one, it's just me, Big Willie. We're going to have a little chat about... Uh, <laughs> I do like it, actually. The more you say it, it's... Yeah, it's growing on you. Um, so we're going to have a little chat about some of the the recent games. I do want to have a chat about the owners as well. I'm not sure what your thoughts are on that mike but i feel like especially after matt taylor's post-match interview from last night i think a lot of attention now is turning towards stuff behind the scenes so we'll keep our powder dry see how the the rest of the window pans out before we do that um before we get going we literally have just heard the news that about two minutes before we press record that chris martin has signed his um, extension so do you want to kick us off by uh, giving your thoughts on that one? Um, yeah, really pleased. Um, I think, I mean, it's so hot off the press that we we don't, at the at the time of recording, we don't yet know how long that extension is for. It's um, steaming hot. We can barely touch it. It's, it's that hot. Exactly. Um, so that is the only thing, because that's kind of a crucial part of it, whether or not, because I... I I don't quite know how I feel about it, but a few a few weeks ago, I was like, look, to the end of the season, that's it. That's a deal breaker for me. Anything longer than that. But to be fair, he's been so good. Um, well, he's been so prolific anyway. Yeah. And even like when he's spoken about his his own fitness, he, you know, he wants to get fitter. And I, I think he could be a real asset next season as well. Maybe. Um, so I would be I would welcome an eighteen month contract now, I think, given given the amount of goals he's scored. Um but you know, what do you think? Because we've talked about the kind of does he make us a better team as such? Mm. So what what do you recommend? Yeah, it's interesting. I've had this discussion with quite a few of my uh fellow Rovers supporting mates, actually, and a lot of the, the general consensus seems to be that they think we play worse with him in the team. And it's probably a viewpoint that I share that actually in terms of, you know, being the age he is, he's not really going to give you a high press. Um, and I think Taylor ultimately would like us to play in that way and be able to press sides from the front. Can't really do that with Martin in the side to the same extent as you can with Marquis. Obviously, the other downside of him is... He's got no pace at all, really. So he's not going to be able to run in behind or run into the channels. But obviously he is a fantastic hold-up man. You know, you play the ball into him. He's built like a fridge freezer. He's so strong, physically strong. And he's just scoring every single game. You know, you just mm -hmm. think, where would we be 
without the goals that he scored because really no one else is scoring. And mm. we're going to come on to last night's game a bit more later on. But mm. I, I think it's probably too simplistic to say this, but obviously Chris Martin misses the game through illness and we don't have a shot on target or score. And in the other games where he has played, he's scored in pretty much all of them. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm definitely for the extension because I think, you know, we are struggling for goals and he is the one that's getting them. So you, you can't argue with it, really. Um, so this little first <laughs> section, I've titled it here on the script, Season Falling Apart, which maybe is a bit too strong. Um, but we last recorded, it was only two weeks ago, we recorded just after we'd played the Norwich away fixture in the FA Cup. So Wickham was our last league game when we'd recorded the last episode. Um, at that point, we were 10th in the league, nine points off the playoffs and 11 points above the bottom four. So I think, you know, nine points, a bit of a gap, but more than doable, I would say. I think everyone at the time still had hopes that we could make a late run towards the playoffs in the second half of the season. We were still in the FA Cup at that point, all looking forward to the Norwich home game, et cetera, et cetera. Um, obviously, we sit here now out of the FA Cup. The Anfield dream has been cruelly snatched from us. Um, three league defeats in a row since then as well. And I just feel like I remember sitting on the last episode being so full of optimism and hope for the season and so much life about me and excitement for the games coming up and now now i mean i dragged myself to that game last night and wondered why i had obviously come full time like everyone else who trudged along to stand in storm jocelyn to watch the game and yeah i don't know if season falling apart is too strong but it feels like that is the case i think that's probably fair enough like, like, I think that's a fair enough description. It is falling apart. I think we, um, that the, the real concern is, is that maybe the season isn't over. Given, given our circumstances where we're appearing to hurtle down the table a little bit, um, I think keeping Martin is key now. Um, so we've done that. That's good. But I just feel like the season has, at best, uh, ground to a halt, but I just hope we don't. I hope it's we 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 remain at a mid-table side. That'd be fine for me right now. I, I'm terrified after last night. Terrified. Okay, go on. Tell me more. Well, I mean, look, I mean, actually, last night is. I do feel last night overall the performance was. I mean, as bad as it was, I got I caught a little bit of stick on Twitter because I think people were, were laughing at me. Ollie, they were laughing at me <laughs> a little bit because I sort of at half time I was like. You know the the conditions are really difficult, and uh, there is definitely favour in Exeter. And of course, second half, yeah, we go on to just well. I mean, to be fair, Exeter played very well second half. Um, but I still, I feel like I was, I was honestly proven right. But I did feel like the first half, we we say it with conviction. Elements, go on, say say that you the, were proven right. We I know you believe it. Just say it. Come on, right. Come on. So the first half. Exeter had all the elements in their favour as far as I was concerned. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying if you've got the wind behind you, that doesn't necessarily make everything easy because that can you could overhit passes. You know, it's not easy. Are um, you including Matt Cox being in our goal as an element that was in Exeter's favour? I'll get on. I'll get on to Big Cox. Big um, Willie. We'll talk about Big Cox <laughs> later on. Um. So I, I, I just felt that. I mean, first of all, the concern for me was I thought 
there was a it felt to me like there was a distinct lack of aggression and and fight from us i felt that was that, that is a, a genuine concern i thought the players looked a bit like like the season was over like there was nothing to play for and exeter looked like a side that are fighting for their lives and we see that you know when you when you get teams that are really going for it you know really up and at them versus teams that don't have much to play for teams at the bottom often turn over you know better side and I, I felt like that was kind of happening. But with the weather, the elements, Exeter definitely had all the benefit of that in the first half. I mean, we couldn't get out of our own half. Um, and I don't think that was just because we were poor. I think that, that was some of it. But the weather definitely, definitely assisted Exeter for the most part. Now, second half, it's we switched around and I thought Exeter handled it better, but we did have a lot of pressure. We were we were the ones forcing the issue because of the wind, because of the weather. I thought it was a game that you can't really judge the performance too harshly, I don't think. I think it was just whoever got the first goal was gonna just close out the game somehow. Um and I think I think Exeter probably just edged it, although we, we had a goal disallowed that seemed quite harsh uh, from what I've seen. But I, I just feel like people people may be slightly overreacting to the to the performance. I think the attitude and a kind of lack of aggression and, and intensity is definitely a concern. But you were never going to see a great game of football last night. Neither no, side really pass it around particularly well. Um, and yeah, we should have been better. But I, I, I think let's see how we get on Saturday. A much tougher game, but hopefully the weather will have settled. Because I think largely the performances under Taylor have been pretty good up until maybe the last couple of games. So I don't think it's a disaster yet, even though I did start this by saying I was terrified. And I am because of the lack of fight and intensity that appears to be the case. Because if that remains, then it could spiral. But over to you, Ollie. What do you reckon? Well, and we, and we are... We are only eight points above the relegation zone now. And I'm not sitting here saying, I think we're going to go down. I think there's definitely four worse sides than us in this division. I'll make that very clear. There's absolutely no way we should be sucked into a relegation fight. <clears throat> but we have seen it before where Rovers teams that we think are too good to go down or have too much talent to go down, but perhaps don't have the... The minerals, I guess, if they get sucked in, if they do get sucked into the fight, aren't really the sort of players that you want in the trenches with you in a relegation fight. And I'm not sure that people like Collins, Giovanni Brown are the sort of players that I would want in the trenches with me in a relegation fight if we do get sucked into that. So I am slightly concerned. And I was walking out of the ground last night with Kaz, who I watched the game with, and she was saying, you know, she was the one who actually pointed out to me the fact that we are kind of creeping closer towards the relegation zone now than we are towards the playoffs that we were all hoping for a couple of weeks ago. And, and then it struck me that if Reading didn't have that four point points deduction, we would actually only be four points off the drop zone right now. Yeah. <clears throat> and that is a little bit of a wake up call for me, I've got to be honest, because it was something that <clears throat> until last night, I probably can honestly say I'd not even given looking at the relegation zone a second of my time until last night. And then suddenly walking back to the car, 
looking at my phone kind of thinking oh shit we are mm. we're not looking as pretty as we were a couple of weeks ago yeah. and i mean you know i thought playoffs looked a long shot a couple of weeks ago and i think max who was on the pod with me and weeks a couple of weeks ago said said that as well however I mean, now it's just, it would be a, almost a minor miracle for us to do that now. I don't think any gas head now really has any hopes of us making a playoff push. We're just, we're just not good enough. I think that's quite no. quite clear to us all now. I yeah. guess that then comes on to kind of, we, we've talked about the, the squad and the kind of quality of the squad. And you've always all... had doubts about that, to be fair. I've always had doubts about that squad. You've probably. brought this up so that you can yeah, say... Like... Yeah. You know, let me just say that's me smoking an imaginary cigarette, by the way. Um, but yeah. I he's giving himself a big pat on the back now. Everyone. Yeah, I mean, you know, I called it, but no, I it, but it's still a debate, isn't it? It's still there, there are a lot of people that believe that it's a really good squad, and actually, it's Taylor not able to get the best out of a very good squad. He was left a good squad, why can't he get the best out of it? Because there are p- people stood behind me who were saying exactly that, that they were of the opinion that Barton, you know left us in a really great position with with great players and all Taylor had to do was just, you know, calm everything down, knit everything together and we and progress, could move up the table. Um now I I was never really convinced that it's a great squad. I think it's a good squad. And I do think there's some really good players in there. You know, Connor Taylor, brilliant, absolutely fantastic. And I think, you know, Aaron Collins on his day is brilliant. Evans, excellent season. Probably player of the season so far, maybe with Taylor, I would say. But beyond that, there's not a lot. And even like Grant Ward, who's been excellent, you know, very injury prone. You know, got a lot of injury prone players, it feels like, to key positions like Wilson as well. You know, mm. Finley can't seem to play more than two or three games in a row. And, um, and then the, beyond that, that depth is just not there at all. I mean, you saw those players coming off the bench last night and you thought, Blimey, you know, I thought I thought they all, you know, huffed and puffed and work. You know, Gordon, he's all right. He's a good young lad, but I feel like he's still another year away, maybe from like playing regular adult football. I feel like he, I feel like whenever I see him play, yeah. I feel like that that's a teenager there, surely. Well, I think um, I put in the um, pretty sure I text in the Gasca group chat during the game last night. I feel like every sub here is almost making us a little bit worse as they come on. Um, I felt like Giovanni Brown made a good impact last night to be fair but other than that yeah when Gibbons came on and Gordon came on completely understand why Taylor made subs and felt like he wanted to protect legs because the amount of injuries we've got Mm. and have had really since he's come in um, is a major issue so I get why he's trying to protect legs for some players but in fairness to you you have doubted the squad for a long time and I think it's just becoming more and more apparent to me now, almost every game that passes, that it's a deep squad. It's a big squad. I think Taylor said this himself. You know, there's a lot of bodies in the squad, but actually the quality outside of the starting 11 and maybe two or three on the bench that can come on after them, the other eight, nine, ten just aren't very good mm. to be honest that you know they're fine but they're yeah. not going to take us where we want to go and the quality yeah. drop-off is massive when they come in yeah and I, I just to say i don't take any pleasure in sort of going, well, you absolutely like, oh, take the <laughs> pleasure <laughs> you know and it's like i said i don't think i mean there was there was a point when particularly when taylor took over and we had that that run we just started started beating some of the sides at the top end of the table and deservedly so i mean all right a couple of stoppage time wins but we deserve to win those games 
and we looked good, I thought, Blimey, maybe this maybe this squad is better than I thought. And and believe me, I I can be wrong. I have been wrong. Um, so I feel like um, it's whilst the squad is not a million miles away, it's not a million miles away when it's fully fit fit and we just don't really have the squad to deal like you say get a few injuries and suddenly it's far weaker and uh, should, should we talk about big cocks because i i feel like, i mean he's obviously he's getting a lot of stick he's getting a lot of stick from the stands um you know an enormous amount of stick online and i i always kind of i, I hate that about any player really i, I don't like Players been singled out for for huge criticism. Um, you know, I, I always tend to pick on the players that get loads of praise. So I kind of like Belshaw. When Belshaw was <laughs> at his peak, true. I was like, I, like when Belshaw was at his peak and everyone loved him for you know putting his thumbs up to the crowd. I was like, hang on a minute, I'm yeah. not having this. I'm not. You've only this. just started liking Grant Ward as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, like I couldn't be a bigger fan of Belshaw these days. But um, but yeah, with with. Um, Matt Cox I just I do feel for him I, and I don't know I mean this, this is going to be a hell of a sort of character building sort of period for his career and life I would say because this is this is tough I mean last night was and really through no real fault of his own again come back to the conditions thought their keeper was also booting the ball out of you know off the pitch and and God knows where else but you know I think because this is quite a regular thing with Cox, it just, it was like, here we, here we go again. Um, and I just, so really for me, I, I do feel that that decision at the start of the season to bring him in, um, you know, freeze Belcher out of the squad. And I, I get that managers fall out with players and vice versa. These things just happen. But to, to bring in a young goalkeeper like that, was he 20? I mean, and make yeah. him your number one and also make it so that, allegedly so that we can not play him if we've got him we've got to play him that's crazy for a goalkeeper in position as well such a key key position mm. i thought that was i mean that that was the, the the worst decision that i've seen from a manager in a long time i thought that was a dreadful decision he may go on to have a really good career really hope he does but i don't see i don't think i've seen it all season in fact it's amazing to me that we're mid-table um with a keeper like that so I think for me last night, um, it wasn't so much the kick-in for me because I think, as you say, the conditions were bad and every kick from both Cox and the Exeter keeper really mainly were blowing out of play. I mean, there there is that one that uh, No Context Rovers tweeted <laughs> where, I mean, that that is fairly inexcusable to be fair. And there was another one where... I think he went to roll it out to the feet of a defender and also rolled that straight out of play. So there are ones like that, which, I mean, as as, as bad as Jocelyn was, I'm not sure we can blame Jocelyn for those. It's funny because it, it, with that one where he sort of just boots out for a throw-in, because it, it was funny because he's got the ball and Exeter have just they cleverly got everybody on the on the edge of the box, so so we can't play it short. So you're like, okay, he's going to have to boot it long, and let's see what happens. And then of course Hunt sort of makes that run, like give it to me, and you're like, okay, brilliant, you've got your out, and he just absolutely kings it. I'm right just behind it. Out of play. It's such a bad, like literally, there's no amount of wind. Um, that's it's absolutely on you that one. Unfortunately, it, it wasn't but, that for me last night though. It was their goal. That that yeah. is on Cox 
for me. And I, I, I can't remember who the extra player is who picks up the ball. Whoever it is, he gets through about three or four of our players far too easily. He pretty much runs through the middle of our team. No one gets near him or puts a tackle in. The defending is so soft. For him to get in the position to have a shot, it's way too easy. So I'm not by any means saying that the defending was good for that goal because it was really, really poor. However, the shot that comes in from the edge of the area isn't particularly powerful, isn't in the corner. It's maybe not straight at Cox, but it's fairly central in the goal. And for him to go down and spill that straight to the feet of the on-rushing striker who then taps it in over the top of him, that is on Cox. I'm sorry. Like, if I'm in goal there, genuinely, and I know we say this as fans a lot, a lot of the time, you know, if I was there, I'd have stuck that away, blah, blah, blah. Honestly, if I was in goal there, and when I played football, I was not a goalkeeper. <laughs> I played in midfield. If I was in goal, I'd have been really, really disappointed to spill that shot like Cox did. And, you know, the conditions were poor. I think it's it would be really, really kind to him to say that that's anything to do with the wind. I just thought he spilt it. He just misjudged it. And it's just not good enough. Like You, you look yeah. at that game overall... Yes, it wasn't a great performance. Exeter were better than us in the first half. We were probably lucky to go in at halftime 1-0, I thought, last night. However, if Cox just holds on to that like he should, maybe we just come out of it with a 0-0 and a point, and it's not great. No one's singing from the rooftops about it, but it's the fact that it's another sloppy error that gives the opposition a goal. An opposition that came into that game, I don't think they'd won an away game all season. Mm -hmm. um, so their confidence was rock bottom. I went on Exeter's forum before the game yesterday and they were all predicting 3-1 Rovers, 4-1 Rovers. They don't like their manager Coldwell at all. Sounds like a lot of them want him gone. And honestly, I just think if we had been able to take the lead last night, they were there for the taking. But again, yeah. it was it's like the Blackpool game. We just gave ourselves a mountain to climb by just making a really poor start. And it's not like the blokes run through the defence and, you know, twatted it in the top corner and you kind of hold your hands up and go, all right, there's not a lot you can do about that. It's just one of those goals that sucks the life out of probably all the team and the stadium as well, because it's mm. just so preventable. And there's yeah. so many goals this season, I feel like, where a goalkeeper who, like Cox does, plays for the England youth sides, just shouldn't be making those errors. He's not mm. good enough yeah. at the moment. Completely agree. I think there is an element of confidence as well i mean i think at the start of the season there were i mean there, there were doubts there was almost straight away it was like mm, not sure about this kid but he was showing some signs that you know he's pretty good distribution you know he's helping us play from out the back but then i think as soon as the the wobbles became more and more frequent i think that has definitely affected him as well i mean i thought yeah. last night again conditions you have to you have to definitely take all that into consideration he just looked like shell shocked, I thought he looked a bit like, like sh you could just tell he was he was shaking his head. He was just like looking up to the sky, like quite a lot. Where he just knew things weren't going well for him, and it's just you just got to wonder: is this good for his development? You know, him playing every week now. I don't, mm. I don't think we stand to benefit from that either because we've got our own young goalkeepers that we've got on our books that we could be giving game time to. Maybe now is the time to play a Jed Ward, for instance, and see how he goes. Uh, I want to throw it back and go back in time a little bit 
to the Norwich home FA Cup game. How much of a, an effect do you think that that has had on our season and how we've performed in the two home games since then against Blackpool and Exeter? Because I think from my point of view, I really just felt like the bubble burst badly that night mm. on the season overall. Yeah. Um, I think we all came away from the mem that night just so deflated and almost feeling like, well, that's the season done, really. And, you know, we're just going to kind of hopefully coast through to a mid-table finish now, but probably that's mm. it. You know, the real excitement, the po the potential excitement of the season ended on that Wednesday night against Norwich, I felt like. And also the manner of the defeat with, you know, you had a bit of a dodgy ref who was given decisions that we didn't particularly agree with. And they scored their two goals in the second half so close to one another and it kind of just killed killed that night, mm. really, yeah. as soon as that second goal goes in. Um, but yeah, do you think that that has had an effect and the way we lost that and the Anfield dream being snatched away from us as it was, do you think that has carried on into our league games? Um, I, I think 100% it has. Um, but that, to me, is unacceptable as a fan because that's our job to be... You know, have our chins on the ground and feel like we've been let down or that we we've missed out on our uh, dream. And I don't get don't get me wrong. I know it's, it's special for for the players. Like I get that, but it feels like, based on the last couple of games since then, that they've sort of down tools a little bit, um, and they're not quite willing to roll their sleeves up. I, I, that might be really harsh. I think that's one of the harshest criticisms criticisms you can give a professional footballer is that they're not trying hard or they're not working hard i just feel there seems to be a, d a distinct lack of real intensity since that game like, do I mean, you think night, that's fatigue though because i would i would argue yeah. that with the injuries that we've had yeah and they're they're key injured players these are key players who would be some of the first names on our team sheet if they were fit um, like Wilson, like Ward, you know, Connor Taylor's been in and out the last couple of games with injury and illness. Finley, same for him. These are key players through the spine of the team. The replacements aren't there in backup at anywhere near the same level. I almost feel like since the Norwich game, I agree with you. I think it does look like there's less intensity, etc. But I'm not sure whether that's a mentality thing or whether... I just think some of those players just look absolutely fucking knackered. And I think Taylor said it as well in his post-match interview, he said not only physically, mentally, I think some of those players, they've just been almost running to the ground, having to play every week because everyone else around them is, you know, mm. dropping like flies. Yeah. And I just think some of them just look like they need to put their feet up for a couple of weeks. They're not going to get to do that because we haven't got the, the bodies in. It'd be nice if we could get some in, obviously, this window. Yeah. But... I don't know yeah. if it is a not trying thing or if it's just they're just dead on their feet. It's I think that's a fair challenge because, like I said, I don't want to jump straight to oh they're not they're not caring because I mean that again that that's quite an emotive thing like that can whip mm. up the fans in a negative way. Like what they're not trying, you know? Suddenly, suddenly you're kind of calling on the fans to get on the players' back. That's not what I'm doing. I think, I think you could be right that there's a lack of there, there's a there's a real tiredness amongst the group and and thing is you can be tired but if you feel that you've got something to really fight for whether that's to stay up or whether that's you know to, to chase promotion it keeps you going um and when we finished that game against norwich i mean the players are absolutely 
dead on their feet. I mean, they were absolutely dead on their feet. It reminded me a little bit that the Wickham game when we nearly scored in the last minute. Now I know, mm. or the last kick rather, there was a, I mean, there was a sort of players did the same thing. They all fell on the floor, you know, absolutely shattered. But I mean, they were probably devastated that we didn't quite get it and they realised how close we were. But I think the way we've tried to play it in particular, I was really enjoying it, thinking this is really good, really high intensity, really aggressive. But I did wonder, can we keep playing like this every week over that whole Christmas period, whereas game, game, game is so hard to do that. And now we're seeing lots of injuries. Like, I don't know who the whose fault this is. Is this just poor planning in the preseason, not really setting the players up for this kind of high level, uh, high energy level way of playing? And now we're feeling the effects of it. Or is this just maybe Taylor getting it wrong slightly and, and sort of overestimating the squad and thinking that they could play it to this level. And now we're seeing those, those issues. I don't know. It's difficult, but I think they're shattered. Definitely. I definitely agree with that. One thing that I thought was concerning about both the Blackpool and Exeter um, games, obviously Blackpool, we kn- we knew was going to be a tough game because they were a very good side when we went there a few weeks ago. Got some very good players, Jordan Rhodes, Dembele. Dembele, I think, looks like one of the best players in the league this season. I just think yeah. he's a fantastic little player. Absolutely it's tore us apart at that It's place. impossible to be a bad player if your name is Dembele. You have to um, be good. Yeah, you have to be good. Yeah. And he is. And he is. So well done to Dembele. However, um, yeah, they're a good side. We knew that was going to be tough. As I said earlier, we did shoot ourselves in the foot twice. To be fair, I thought they were, especially the first goal they scored, absolutely brilliant finishes. You know, that first goal is its just not an easy finish at all. And he just made it look so simple, just swept it into the top corner. Should have You're going to blame Cox, aren't you? Oh, no. No, okay. no, not Cox. It should have been, I thought, I thought. And I know, off the line. I, yeah, so I think, I think Luca gets ahead to it. I think he gets a touch. And I know, I know he, you know, but I think, I think he should, I, someone should head that away for me. That's harsh. Like, I, that, that shot is coming, coming in from about 30 yards. I, I think, I 30 think yards, he's in the box. Nah, is he? Well, on the yeah. edge of the box, on an angle. He's at, he's 50 in, yards. He's, yeah. <laughs> well, either way, it's long distance. He's in his own like, penalty area. <laughs> yeah. But it's not like it's a point blank finish for me. I thought I thought it was, it was a hell of a strike. It is a beautifully hit strike, but that is going. There's two players on the line, and they've both jumped up and not got it. I don't know. I feel like they, I feel like one of them should have cleared that for me. Anyway, I mean, sorry, very clinical. Off. I think I just I was just stood there thinking, you know, compared to us, where we've watched us in a lot of games this season, create a lot of chances and take very few of them. Usually one at most in games. Blackpool had two chances in the first 20 minutes, took them both and pretty much didn't really have to exert themselves for the rest of the game. I just felt like they kind of had us at arm's length. I know Chris Martin scores that ridiculous flick off the throw in. I don't know if he meant that. If he did, then yeah, yeah, fair play. Because I mean, yeah, what a goal. goal. But we just didn't really trouble them for the rest of the game. I think the second half, I looked earlier, we didn't have a shot on target. And when you're at the Mem, shooting towards the Thatchers, goal down. You know, you would like to think that there's going to be a little bit of an onslaught on the Blackpool goal. And then Exeter game last night, again, didn't have a shot on target in the entire game. And 
I know, <coughs> obviously, you have the two disallowed goals, which you know, kind of are shots on target, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But technically, we didn't have a shot on target in that entire match. And that is a little bit concerning for me, because at least in some of our other defeats under Taylor, we've lost games, but we've created and usually missed a lot of chances. And I always am a lot more encouraged by us when we're at least creating something than in the last two games where... I sat there at times just thinking we could literally play all night and we're probably not going to get a goal. And that that is a concern for me. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. I thought just never, never really got going against uh, Blackpool. Uh, and it comes back to that, you know, I think the impact of that game against Norwich. And if you listen to, if you listen to like Finley after that Norwich game, it just sounds so defeated. And it was, you know, but as I say, part of me that feels like, yeah, you know, that's that's up to us to get a bit upset about that. You, you're your professional crack on, and I get it. You know, we're all human. Like you're gonna be, you're gonna be annoyed. But it, you start to, and I, I definitely find this easier when I'm, I'm stood now on the, um, on the east terrace, so mm. you're a lot closer to the action, and you do pick up on little body language and, and kind of interactions between the manager and players, and you do, you start to. Maybe you start to see things that aren't really there, but you sort of think Finley is very vocal, and sometimes he'd chirp back at the manager, and the manager would chirp back at him, and the manager would be kind of screaming at certain players, and they may not be listening or kind of not really doing what he's asking them to. And you think, I wonder if there is a bit of a bit of tension there, you know? And maybe a lot of them feel like now that the season's over, quote unquote, maybe they're thinking, well, I'm probably gone at the end of the season, so I'm not going to you know, bust a gut for this manager who doesn't rate me. And mm. to be fair, Taylor's starting to come out now and say, like, some of these players aren't, you know, they aren't quite, they're not mentally strong enough, they're not physically strong enough. I mean, I'm not, he's not quite going down the Barton route at all, nowhere near it. But you know, he's got to be careful that he doesn't turn on the squad because they will turn on him too, I think. Yeah, and I think Taylor's reign did start with a lot of, I'm here for this squad of players. You know, I think in that first video that Rovers put out of him addressing the players in in the in his first training session, he was like, oh, "My wife's pregnant, about to give birth, but I'm here for you, boys. You know, the, you're the reason I'm here. The players in this room, and now it's they're a bit bit mentally weak. They're a bit physically weak. Uh, yeah, the the noises coming out of Taylor have definitely changed um, in the last couple of months. Um, but I kind of think. Is he going to say anything different when he takes the job? He's not going to go in there and stand in front of the lads and be like, you're all shit, but we'll kind of muddle through till the end of the season. Mm. He has, he has to go in. A any manager coming in surely is going to big the players up initially and try and give them confidence and try and breathe mm. some belief into them, which maybe wasn't there at the time he took over. Um, maybe I'm wrong. But let's finish off with January window. Uh, so a week left to go. As we sit here today... No incomings other than the contract extension for Chris Martin. What do you think needs to happen between now and next week? And do you think the season effectively being over now from a viewpoint of wanting to maybe push for playoffs, do you think that changes what we should do this window or not? That's a good question. I think yes it does change things because i think if we're on the cusp of putting a promotion charge together then you look at it differently because you think right maybe we can invest a bit of money on a 
you know, on a prolific goal scorer or something, you know, someone proven elsewhere. Um, I think that would be the smart thing to do if you're if you're going for it. Um, but I still see people talk about JCH like he's an absolute must signing. Uh, we, we haven't talked about it on this pod. But we've done it to death on other on previous pods. Um, still available on on where you wherever you get your podcast. Great but plug. We yeah thanks. Um, but to me, that's that's absolutely. He would be the absolute wrong signing at this point. I feel like I know he scores goals. He does. So does Chris Martin. You know, we, I don't feel like we need another one. Which it sounds crazy. It sounds crazy, but something that represents value for money for me. Um, we we want to, we want players. I would like us to sign players like um the lad from Grimsby. What's his name? Emil Conte. That's the one. I want players like that, and I don't know anything about him. I just the profile <laughs> is. He's a young midfielder, sought after. He's doing really well at Grimsby. That's the kind of profile of player that I want us to sign because that says to me that we're investing in that player. And you know, in the next two or three years, he could be an even better player. And who knows? He can. He maybe m- might make the club millions, or he might get promoted. You know, that's the kind of player. He might not make it. He might not be good enough. But I always get slightly nervous if we're signing a player, say north of. 28 or something for a bit of money and you think mm, you know I, i'd love us to to build a young group of players and start now so that in the next two years let's say we we'll be able to see that kind of level of improvement and going back to garner if i may i felt like that was kind of what we were trying to do there and he got it wrong poor squad got relegated disaster but i felt that there was lots of elements of that. He was trying to bring in young players that he felt he could improve and move on with the view of having that as a bit of a business model. I don't know, but it feels like then Barton came in and it just, everything changed. I feel like we need to go back to that sort of developing young talent. And Taylor's even mentioned it himself about using some of the young players we've got at our disposal at the club. Sounds like a great idea to me. Music to my ears. Let's start with Jed Ward, I would say. Um, But then other players... In terms of transfer targets, those are the kind of players I'd like us to, to sign. You know, young, hungry, careers ahead of them. I don't know who they are, but let's sign them anyway. I think regardless of the fact that we're not clearly pushing for playoffs this season now, I still think we need, and it's maybe optimistic with only a week left of the window, I think we need about four players in for me to feel really confident and comfortable that we will not be dragged into any kind of relegation danger really you know with ward and no sorry not ward yes ward's injury woods leaving bogard leaving we're definitely a couple of men short in the middle obviously conte is a central midfielder so him plus one other would be nice i think we definitely need a center back with wilson being injury prone taylor's been in and out the squad last few weeks got injured last night again um, I would definitely like another centre-back in I would definitely like a striker in as well with a bit of pace um, who's just just a different option to Martin and Marquis yeah whether we'll get that or not I don't know I mean, yeah Matt Taylor did not sound particularly confident about signings did, last did night no. did the, the thing about it, again I know we'll get into it probably next time but the, the concerning thing about that interview for me was it almost sounded like he didn't really know what was going on. He was like, well, I was told this and, you know, I thought I was going to have one today that I could play, you know, and mm. it always feels like he's not really being told anything. That's the, that's the, 
I mean, a few things to be concerned about about that. Uh, one question I have for you, mate. You mentioned Bogard and Woods. Now, at the time when they left, particularly Woods, I think most people are off. You know, that's that's good news. He was he was he wasn't good enough. But watching it last night, I thought, you know, could have done with one of them out there. Actually, <laughs> like Bogard mm. in particular, I was really surprised Bogard just sort of disappeared. I know he wasn't really getting much game time under Barton either. But he was a player I really liked last season, and even even Woods, like I didn't like, I didn't rate him at all. But you know, he is a, he is an experienced head, unless he was like a bad a bad egg or something. But I feel like the depth is so weak. I mean, I feel like to let them go back and then not immediately bring some replacements in has left us so thin on the ground now. Um, what what do you what do you make of it now in with hindsight um, that we've had a few games and not played well in them? My guess would be that Taylor probably let those guys go. I know Bogard was record really, but he didn't seem, yeah, as you said, he didn't seem that fussed about them going back. And I think that was probably him thinking that we were going to get one or two midfielders in pretty sharpish after they went back. And obviously here we are a couple of weeks later with no one in. And maybe even he looks back and thinks, oh, actually, you probably could have done with keeping Bogard around if we could. Taylor clearly looked at him in training, maybe looked at his attitude, just didn't fancy him, thought he wasn't going to add much. Mm. But you look at a game like last night, and I think it says a lot that we're going for a player like Conte, who if you look at his stats uh, and just the the sort of player he is, he's clearly just a sort of specialist defensive midfielder who sits in the middle, gets tackles in, makes interceptions. That's kind of what Bogard was, really. Mm. You know, not, not particularly brilliant on the ball, but just got interceptions in, got his foot in, broke up the play, just gave it to the nearest man, kept it quite simple. It kind of sounds like what Conte is. So I think he's going to hopefully be kind of a direct replacement for Bogard. But yeah, I think it's kind of backfired on us really because we, it, it did leave us extremely short now. For the last three or four games, we've barely had a fit midfield three to put out because we've lost those two. Do you think with the goalkeeper, do you think that's an essential position we need to we need to recruit in now or do you think like we may as well just stick with Cox because we've got an obligation to play him anyway every part of me screams bin him off and get someone in now I would love us to go out now and sign a mid-twenties keeper permanently who is going to be our number one for the next two or three years I'm also well aware that in January that's probably not realistic though and if we if we're going to send him back and loan someone in, are we just going to get another young keeper from a championship or Premier League club on loan who are also going to come in and probably make the same mistakes? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I am completely fed up of watching Matt Cox in goal. Don't get me wrong. But I, I, yeah, I don't know. I just don't think it's realistic that we're going to get someone in, unfortunately. I feel feel kind of bad for Cox here, in a way. Um, he hasn't been a disaster. It's just he's... He doesn't make the saves you like. For me, good keepers make the saves you don't expect them to make, um, and I've not really seen him make one yet. It's like it, whenever a team goes running through, you, you kind of know what's going to happen. You know, any effort on goal that's in somewhere near the corner, you know where that's it's, it's going to go in, in it. Mm. Before we wrap it up, uh, we are playing Oxford on Saturday, another home game. Honestly, I was thinking this earlier. Saying about the players being fatigued and mentally worn out, 
I'm absolutely shattered from going down the mem. It feels like I'm down the mem every other day at the moment. Like since, since the new year, I feel like I'm at the mem more than I'm at home. I'm just, I just I almost just I'm in disbelief that there is yet another home game coming up in a couple of days' time. And yeah. I'm I don't know, but yeah, I mean the players are probably struggling to get up from it. I'm I'm really struggling to find any motivation yeah. to get it's, down there Saturday. It's like it's like I'm working six days a week. It's yeah. it's, that, it's like another shift I got to put in. <laughs> yeah, uh, particularly last night, I was like, oh, when I finished work, I was like, I was telling people this feels like I'm doing like a twelve-hour day today. But uh, you know, it's all good. We all we love it, don't we? Really. One thing I will say, I was in the um, was in the South Stand last night for the Exeter game. Wanted to give it a go anyway. And then when they put the £10 tickets out, so I haven't got a season ticket this year for a number of reasons. Um, And then I went to buy my tickets. It was going to be £52 for me and Cass to go in the Thatchers to pay on the day. And I I wasn't really up for the game anyway. And I with you know, with the weather as well, I was kind of thinking, oh, it would be quite nice (laughs) to just drive home after work and just stick iFollow on Mm -hmm. and sit on the sofa watching this. And then when they put the £10 tickets out, that tempted me in. So anyway, went in the South Stand. Have you been in there yet? No. no cracking. Yeah. Cracking view. I was going to say, I was going to say, we should end this with a positive note, right? We should yes. talk about, we should, yeah, let's, let's, yeah, you know, we should be positive, right? Things, things yeah. are, things will be okay. But the South Stand, that looked, that looked very decent. That looked it's very, very, decent, very good. And I know, um, I think it was a City fan that tweeted out the the picture of the unfinished concourse, wasn't yeah, it, last yeah, week? Yeah, and that yeah. got a bit of stick and everything. Cheap yeah. yeah, cheap likes. Um, yes, it is unfinished. I think they're going to do it up over the summer and put food and drink stuff in there and bars and what have you. Really big space under the stand. There's mm. loads of room to put food and drink things. So I think it could look really good once it's all done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a really nice view there. And, you know, the pillars what, where I was yeah. at didn't get in the way, which was good. What, what um, I quite liked was there was a bit of aggro. <laughs> like, yes, there was. There was, was. A, there was a, yeah, the away fans and the home fans, like, you know, doing doing what 12-year-olds do. <laughs> it was just great. You know, just like, you know, both sort of doing all sorts of hand gestures at each other. That's what you want to see. Yeah, um, 100%. I thought that might happen. And it was, I thought there was times when, yeah, there was some there was some atmosphere coming from the south stand, and we know the Thatcher's end's good when it's good. I think the south stand could be good when it's good, and you know, hopefully the other the rest of us, the east stand and the west stand, maybe we'll join in one day. But let's just uh, let's, let's not just get ahead of ourselves. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, I was I saying it. to um saying to Cas because in the yeah in the second half you did have a group of maybe about fifty Rovers fans that stood up towards the back, as you said it on the sort of partition between us and the Exeter fans and they were making a lot of noise and getting the chants going and then the chants were going all the way across the south stand and then we could hear it going across the south stand but then also the Thatchers would then join in mm. with so the south stand was starting the chants and the Thatchers were joining in with us and I was mm. like oh this is this is a bit different you know um, and I was saying to Kaz it would be really good if say next season when we are hopefully playing for something again and maybe it's an yeah. exciting season we're pushing for something and if we could get the south stand you know quite full as it was last night i know that obviously the ticket price helps but <coughs> if we could get a decent number of fans in the south stand it would be really good if in the halves where we're playing towards the south stand it's almost like playing towards a second home end because for the last well ever since we've been at the mem really when we're shooting towards the thatchers it's great because the thatchers are trying to suck the ball in and making a bit of noise and what have mm-hmm. you but then when we used to shoot towards the tent, 
you know, it was oh, it's just dire, wasn't it? There's was ne never, never yeah. any noise came from the no. tent. It's not to, not to you know, slag off the fans that usually sit in that end at all. It's just what a depressing, yeah. you know, place to watch football. But now, yeah. what about the great pillars? acoustics? Did, they, did, they have any, did you notice the the pillars? Were they were they that obstructive? Or I mean, they're very. What I will say about the pillars is they're very thin, hmm. so. They are, yeah, they are there, as they are in the Thatchers, though. I mean, I usually yeah. stand in the Thatchers, yeah. and you're peering around pillars sometimes, depending yeah. on which part you, you stand in. Obviously, it, it's, yeah. yes, it's part of it. Obviously, it's a bit different in a seat, because you get a seat, and that's where you are. So if you're yeah. behind a pillar, then, yeah. you know, it's a, yeah. it's a bit difficult. But they are very thin pillars. You know, it's not. I don't think it's the end of the world by any means. Um, but yeah, really impressed by going in there last night. Really enjoyed it. It was just good, good to get a different perspective on the game as well you know i've watched watch from the thatchers for the last like 15 years or so and usually had season tickets in there so just to watch it from a different end we were saying it always feels like being in a new stadium like it was just so you should definitely give it a go i would actually recommend anyone to to give it a go because it there is was very talk, good there was talk on literally as we were walking towards the ground a few of the people i was with um shout out to dave he sort of threw it out there like should we try and get 10 pound ticket for the safe stand of course mm. we're like nah 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 we're, we're already up. I was like locked in I'm like right it's yeah. game time you know, I'm not changing my seat now I'm no, not changing my can't place. change your pretty much routine nah, it just nah, nah, nah. throws you off yeah but um, but that, yeah there was a suggestion Um, and it did look good it did look good the other thing I will say to finish off my highlight of last night um, was a guy who came up to me didn't catch his name but came up to me at half time tapped me on the shoulder as every guest said was I sat there really pissed off by what we'd just seen. Probably one of the worst halves of football this season. I just thought, why the fuck am I here? Like, just get me home. Then this guy taps me on the shoulder and goes, love Gascast, love it to bits, look forward to every episode. And that made my night. So yeah, thank you to that guy. Didn't happen. Didn't yeah. make up. Pick or it didn't happen. No, yeah. So. Hey, let's pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> but no, did happen and really appreciate it. So thank you very much to that guy. Right, yeah, let's end on that. Thanks to everyone for listening. Um, as we've said, we will be back next week at the Sporty, uh, but we hope you enjoyed this filler episode to keep you going until then. So until next time, from myself and Big Willie, up the gas. Up the gas. Up the gas.